Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. What are the biggest priorities for the contemporary church? What are the God's biggest priorities for our church family, Emmanuel, in 2023? I wonder how each of us would answer that question. My guess is it would depend somewhat on our, on our own unique passions and gifts. So some in our church family have a particular heart for the vulnerable. Uh, you serve the vulnerable in many wonderful ways in the community. And maybe your heart is that you would love to see the church family grow in those kind of ministries. Or maybe your particular heart is building links with the community. And so you're thrilled, as we all are, that uh, the church with warmth is making wonderful connections into the, our community here. And your longing is, is for the church to grow in that. Or maybe your particular burden is for prayer. You know from your own life that uh, faith, uh, uh, your own life of faith that nothing can happen without depending on the Lord in prayer. And so that's your longing for your, church, your own prayer life and for the life of the church family. And that's something we can all uh, long for and grow in. Uh, this Saturday morning, uh, we would love to encourage each one of us to come to the prayer ministry morning that we're having run by the uh, World Healing, uh, Christian Healing Centre. That it will have things for all of us uh, designed for us to grow in enjoying this wonderful gift that God has given us of prayer. So if you haven't signed up, I'd, I'd really encourage that. So it could be prayer. It could be that Uh, You're one of those in the church family who have wonderfully helped us to grow in our care of the environment. But you know that we've got a long way to go and you wish we were getting there faster. Or or maybe you'd say evangelism. That is the biggest priority. And you feel a burden for those around us who don't yet know the Lord Jesus. and, And you long for all of us to catch the vision of sharing our faith. Well, each one of those things are wonderful things to aim for. I guess the danger, though, is that we, we end up thinking that what we should focus on in church life is narrowed down to our own particular passions. And so my hope and prayer for us this morning is that we will take our cues from the Lord Jesus as we see his priorities for his church, as he prays in this wonderful chapter, at John chapter 17, because here we get a glimpse into Jesus' prayer life, into his heart for the church. These are extraordinary prayers. They were made by Jesus the night before he died uh, among his disciples in their hearing. And this chapter is just absolutely full to bursting with divine truth. Uh, There is one 17th century minister who apparently preached 145 sermons on it. I only get one, um, so I'm going to have to focus on just, just narrow down on a few things that I think the Lord Jesus might be saying to us this morning. Um, But I would just say, do encourage you to to read this, to meditate on this chapter um, and the chapters around it. It will do 
at your soul a lot of good as it has mine. Uh, Jesus begins, he prays for the glory of the Father, uh, that he and the Father would be glorified through the cross. Verse 1, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Uh, Up to this point in John's Gospel, we've been told again and again, the hour has not yet come. And now Jesus says, my hour has come, my my hour to, to complete the work that God gave me. The work of going to the cross for you and for me. And we will see him on the journey towards the cross, as John mentioned in in the coming weeks, uh, as we go towards Easter in this part of God's word. But for this morning, I want us to look at three, three other things that Jesus prays for us. Now, the first two of these are things that Jesus originally prayed for uh, the disciples, the first apostles. Uh, but in verse 20, we're told that, that he was pr- also praying for all those who would come uh, after them, all the followers of Jesus throughout every age. So these three things, we can be confident. Jesus is praying for us uh, as believers even today. First, Jesus prays for our protection and our holiness in the world. Verse 9, do follow with me if you've got it in front of you. Verse 9, I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. He, he, he gives us this contrast that we get and again, again and again in John's gospel between the world and his followers. This is how, a verse from how the gospel begins. Chapter 1, verse 10. He was in the world, that is Jesus, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. In other words, the world stands for all those who are in rebellion against Jesus. And Jesus makes clear that that if we've trusted in Jesus, in him, we're no longer part of the world. No longer in that state of rebellion against him. And yet while we're no longer a part of the world in that sense, we are, of course, as he says in verse 11, still in the world. And the world is a dangerous place to be. It's full of many temptations. Even once we've trusted in Christ, we can be tempted again and again to to go back to the ways of the world. That's why we're warned this in in the first of John's letters, 1 John chapter 2. Do not love the world or anything in the world. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. So so the world's a dangerous place in that sense. And it's also a dangerous place in, in the sense that all of us face the challenges of life in a broken creation. And perhaps all of us at times wonder in the midst of that brokenness, will we ever make it to, uh, to eternity with God? Will we make it safely there? And so because the world is a dangerous place, Jesus prays for our protection and for our holiness in the world. He prays for our protection. Sorry. Verse 11, follow with me. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was, in, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe. And then verse 15, my prayer was not for them, not that you would take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus said he protected his disciples while they were in the world, and he would continue to protect his followers. Now, if we take that to heart, really take that to heart, it is a huge comfort and encouragement for us. As I look out and I think of 
of our church family, I'm very conscious that for some of you, it might feel like you are, as it were, holding on to faith by your fingertips. It could be because of a a grief that you're going through that just feels deeply raw and, and maybe even overwhelming. Or maybe because of severe health struggles or family members who are suffering and you feel helpless to change their situation. All of those things and, and many more are being faced by our church family. Well, in seasons of life like that, it can be, it can be deeply precious to our souls to re- be reminded that it's, it's Jesus who is ultimately keeping hold of us. When it feels like you can't hold on anymore, we remember that ultimately he is holding on to us. He's protecting us through his prayers and he will bring us safely through every trial to the perfect future he promises for us. And we know that because this is a thing that, that Jesus is continuing to pray for us. Hebrews chapter 7 says, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to make intercession for them. You and I are definitely going to make it through the trials, the temptations of this world, not by our own strength, but by the power and the protection of Jesus So Jesus prays for our protection in the world, and he prays for our holiness in the world. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Jesus was sanctified or or set apart for the service of God his Father. He he had made obedience to God his Father the, the deepest driving motivation of his life. And now he prays that for his followers, that that they too would be set apart from the world. As as John helped us to think about in that visual, Jesus is saying we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. In other words, not not like chameleons, not not changing our colours, as it were, to fit the world around us not changing our behavior depending on who we're with, and so becoming like the world around us. Instead, Jesus' calling is is for us to live distinctively, standing apart from the world. Um, Sanctify them by the truth, Jesus says. Your word is truth. Call to be distinctive, living out God's words. So let me ask you, What is driving your life? Is it primarily the ways of the world? Or is it the word of God? If the non-Christians in your life were to be asked about how you live, would they say that you live distinctively? Would they be able to put their finger on ways that you live differently? Perhaps those are, are helpful questions for us to give us pause and to ask where in our lives we might not be displaying the kind of holiness that matters to Jesus. It matters to him so much that he prays for it. So Jesus prays for our protection and our holiness in the world. But that doesn't mean that he's expecting us to withdraw from it, from the world, from our active presence in it. No, that's why he prays next for our mission to the world, our mission to the world. Let me read from verse 16 again. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. 
Sanctify them by the, word, by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Just as Jesus was sent by the Father, so now Jesus has sent us. We've been rescued from the world, from that, that state of being in rebellion against God but not rescued in order to withdraw from it. Instead, we've been rescued so that Jesus can send us into the world with his good news. In fact, one of Jesus' purposes in praying for our protection and for our holiness was that we might be godly presences within the world. And knowing that Jesus has prayed that, that he is praying for our protection and our holiness amidst the dangers of the world, that can give us confidence to go boldly into the world. So let me ask us, are any of us in danger from from withdrawing from the world? Do any of us spend uh, so much of our time uh, with Christians and in Emmanuel activities that we have little time left for for living distinctively and and sharing the good news? Are any of us caught in a kind of Christian bubble? I recognize the the real danger of that for me in full-time Christian ministry. And I'd love you to pray that for me, that I wouldn't be caught in a Christian bubble, but actually that we would have non-Christian friends, neighbors, acquaintances, all of us, with whom we are actively trying to live distinctively and share the gospel. I wonder if that's a, a danger for, uh, for any others of us this morning. Well, if it is, we, we can remember Jesus has sent us into the world. Yes, to live distinctively, but to be in it, sharing what he has given to us. There's loads more that could be said on that, but I want us to move for our final point, uh, which is really important for us as a church family at the moment. Jesus prays for our unity in the truth as a witness to the world. He plays for our unity in the truth. Verse 20, do read with me. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me, loved them even as you loved me. So Jesus has a complete unity with the Father. He is completely clear on the vision of who the Father is. They're completely united, Son and Father, with the Spirit in one will and purpose. And Jesus is praying here that the kind of unity he has with the Father would become the kind of unity we have with one another. That is what Jesus prays for us, that we would be completely united in our vision of who God is and what his ways are for us. That's what Jesus prays for us. That's what Jesus wants for us. But if we're honest, that... That doesn't always match up with our experience. That doesn't describe the whole experience of our church family life at present. But we should long for it. We should work for it. 
And so if Jesus had complete unity with the Father, and he wants us to have that kind of unity, then we need to look closely at at what kind of unity it is that he's describing. How precisely do we get told about this unity? Well, let's look more closely at verse 20. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Their message there clearly refers to the apostles. He's just been speaking to them. And the message of the apostles was the message of Jesus, the message he had given to them. Verse 8, I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. So God the Father gave a message to, uh, to God the Son and God the Son gives that message to the disciples, uh, the, the gospel message, his words. And then the apostles go and proclaim that. People come to faith and the early church begins to grow. And ever since that day, it's been the gospel message that has led to people coming to faith. And that means that the kind of unity that Jesus prayed for is a unity that can never come at the expense of truth. The truth of the message that he gave to the apostles and through his apostles to us. Here's how uh, John Stott, former church leader, uh, said... uh, Put this. He said, Jesus is praying that the church down the centuries might believe the same truths, obey the same teaching, and look forward in the same hope as the apostolic church. This is the unity for which Jesus prayed, unity in the truth, which was taught by the apostles and passed down to us. Now, given Jesus' great passion for our unity that he's expressing here, It may be that some of you have struggled with the ways that we have been trying to respond as a leadership to what's been going on in the Church of England uh, in recent weeks. There's much more that could be said on this than we have time for now, but I hope we can see from these words that the kind of unity Jesus prays for is a unity which is anchored in the truth of the Bible. And that is what's stood behind our decisions as leaders to articulate clearly what we believe the gospel message has to say to to the big issues of our day. We haven't felt that we could, could leave out any of the aspects of what we believe Jesus teaches us um, and his word, uh, because it's the word itself around which Jesus prays that we would seek our unity. Now, we're not, we're not there yet. We won't be fully there in complete unity this side of eternity, but, but we can all strive towards it. I'm very aware that, that not everyone in the church family agrees with the approach that we've taken as leaders, and we, we really do want to feel that, if that's you, we really do want everyone to feel able to be honest about that. We, we're longing to be a local church where, where everyone is welcome, where everyone has a place. And so if over the last few weeks you've, you've been left feeling unsettled uh, because you believe different things to, to those of us in leadership, I want to say very clearly this morning, every single one of us in this church family is loved by God. Every single one of us is valued here. Every single person's place in the life 
of this church family is respected and cherished. And we need you. We're one body. As, as the New Testament describes us, we are one body with many members. So we need one another. Without every part of the body, the whole body suffers. So we need each other. Every one of us is valued and cherished here. If you've got thoughts, questions, concerns um, on any of that, please um, feel able to come and speak to me or to any of those in the leadership team. Well, as we strive for this kind of unity uh, that Jesus prayed for, we see lastly this morning that the purpose of his unity is to be a witness to the world. Jesus says, I in them and you in me, they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you send me and have loved them even as you loved me. Jesus was praying that we would be united and that we would live out our unity in love with one another. That's because as we live the kind of holy lives he's prayed for, as we live out our unity together, the world around us takes notice. When we live that way, the world around us will be drawn to the love of God. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. So Jesus prays for our mission to the world. He prays for our holiness and our protection in the world. And he prays for our unity in the truth as a witness to the world. But if I can ask for the band to come up, we're going to be led by them in a song which will enable us to express our unity together in words uh, that are based on the Apostles' Creed, uh, words that uh, Jesus gave the apostles that, that they then passed down to us, uh, words that express our unity together. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. So why don't we stand and we'll sing these words to express our unity together. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.